You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Dustin McAdams. I am so excited to be joining all of you today. This is my first show. I am standing in for the wonderful Jamie McDowell. I would like to thank Jamie. As she mentioned on her last show, she and her company, FetchFind, are growing like crazy, blowing up, and they've recently acquired Paul Den. So Jamie is a very busy woman these days. She graciously asked me to step in and fill in for her for a while, which I am thrilled to do. Secondly, I've got a really cool guest today. And she is the first uh, returning guest to the show, author, speaker, entrepreneur, CEO of Pet Boss Nation, Miss Candace Daniello. But before we bring Candace on, let me give you a little bit of introduction on me. I'm the founder of PupJoy. For any of you who don't know PupJoy, we are kind of the blue apron for pet parents. We deliver customized boxes of dog toys, treats, and more, curated from artisans and delivered to doors. In running this business, I get to work with all sorts of great independent suppliers in the pet space. Uh, I work with some wonderful rescue organizations and the people behind them, and generally day in and day out, dog lovers and pet parents, which is awesome. Before PupJoy, I spent about a decade in advertising and technology. I also got to work with some great cutting-edge technology, companies like Epsilon, who lead the way with data and customer relationship management tools. And I got to work alongside of uh, a lot of great talent. I ran some big teams from creative types to developers to the people on the front lines running customer relationships. So why PupJoy and the pet industry? It kind of came from a midlife crisis of conscience. A number of years ago, I was living in upstate New York, uh, running operations for an agency there. I had a family member who was battling cancer. For, I'm sure, plenty of you who have gone through something similar, you understand the type of uh, emotions that brings with it, and frankly, just puts you in a position of questioning a lot of things. Added to that was the distance. Most of my friends and family were back here in Chicago, um, and I was quite a ways away. So I had a distinct moment where it was a 4 a.m. morning, and I was staring at the ceiling with a what am I doing with my life thought that kept going through my head. And that became ultimately a catalyst for a couple things. One, getting back to friends and family and my network here in Chicago. And secondly, questioning where I went with my life. And I ended up wanting more than what was my existence in a lot of boardroom meetings. I wanted something that had more purpose to me. So ultimately, that's how I entered the pet business. And it was finding an opportunity where it was a combination of my passion for dogs, purpose in the type of company that I wanted to build, and a market. And that's why I love this show. This show focuses on the business of the pet industry, which is a huge, healthy market, $63 billion spent in the market. For the last 15 years, has had uh, roughly an annual growth rate of about 5%, has been very recession tolerant. It's a great industry. It's a big industry. What I love about it is it's got a ton of really good people, and it's got some amazingly compassionate people on the philanthropic side. And I feel like it's got limited media focus, at least on the business aspects of the pet industry, compared to some other industries. And pets do mean good business, and that's why I love this show. It shines a light on that. So on that note, we will be right back with Candace after these messages.
It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everybody, to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. With us now is Candace Daniello. As I said, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and a lot more. So, Candace, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful, wonderful to have you. And so everybody knows Candace and I know each other. We both work here in Chicago within the industry. She has a ton of experience, a wonderful person. And Candace, I'm going to kick it over to you to let you give everybody a little bit of background on you, your contact information, and then we'll jump into some fun. Sure. Yeah. Well, I am kind of like a pet industry veteran. I've been around uh, in the industry for the last decade doing a variety of jobs. I've been everything from behind the scenes in a pet doggy bakery to opening up my own retail store called Dogaholics. And from there, I expanded into services like grooming, doggy daycare, dog walking, training, boarding. And through my you know different experiences, I then am now also doing business consulting for the pet industry. So there's lots of ways that I'm connecting and helping pet parents and what I like to call petpreneurs. <laughs> that is cool. So let's dive into those things. But first, if anybody's wanting to look you up as they're listening through on this, what's the contact information that they should go and look you up? Sure. Well, for business consulting, it's all through petbossnation.com. And the easiest way to get a hold of me there is either by um, emailing me at hello at petbossnation.com or there is a phone number too. I could give that out. It's 872-239-6442. Perfect. So you've had a ton of experience in the pet industry as a whole, and, and maybe we'll go through each of those in a little more detail on kind of what you learned. But so you've now landed in, in business consulting for the pet space. So what does that look like? For those people who haven't ever experienced it before, what does that feel like for you day in and day out and for your clients? Yeah, well, even from my own experiences, you know, I found that mentoring and coaching is really very, very needed when you're an entrepreneur. You know, it can be a very lonely, a lonely place and getting, reaching your goals or having someone hold you accountable is really where you're going to find the most success in growing your business. You know, I move pet businesses and their owners and managers who are either feeling really overwhelmed or burnt out or just tapped out of ideas to a place of success where they're making more money and they have more time for themselves. And I do this through teaching them my easy to implement systems that I use in my own business, mentoring them through that process, and then providing them a community of support as well. So that's really interesting. And we should probably note for for any of the listeners who listen to your past show, you've gone through a lot of change in the last year and a half. For anybody who doesn't know, Candace was a guest back in November of 2015. So you've gone through a lot of changes. And if you want to talk about, one, the evolution of Dogaholics, 
in your retail business there? And then specifically, where was the light bulb of the opportunity of where you found a market and opportunities to to coach and guide and to help train other entrepreneurs? Sure. Yeah. So the last time we talked, you know, I had a retail location as well as my service center all under the Dogaholics brand. And I, in the last year, um, ended up selling off my retail asset to Bentley's Pet Stuff. And the reason I did that was not because I was struggling at all. We actually were having one of the best quarters we've ever had, but I found the right buyer at the right time. And that doesn't happen very often, you know, when you're owning your own business, especially in a brick and mortar space. You know, usually entrepreneurs want to get out when they are struggling, right? They are either stuck in their businesses too much or they don't have the cash flow and they're feeling really overwhelmed. And that's usually when they want to quit. And unfortunately, all that hard work of all the years they've put into growing their business won't get that payoff that they're hoping to get when they're in that place. So when I had reached my, you know, struggle and overwhelm phase, and I guess in the recession in 2010, 2011, I really got smart about how I was running my business. I started to turn everything around and I developed systems and processes around everything so that when I was ready to sell, I was able to walk away on my terms and not what the economy or my neighborhood or any outside factors were contributing um, to my business. I wanted to leave when I wanted to. And that's exactly what I was able to do in selling the retail assets to Bentley's Pet Stuff. So- so that's yeah, really, you know, right by your, yeah. That's really interesting. And I, I think probably a learning opportunity for people listening. So you went into it with intention of sounds like developing processes with the goal of being able to sell if you wanted to sell and selling it at a price point that you wanted. Is that accurate? Right. And I, and I think that, you know, and I found this in talking with entrepreneurs even, even since then in this last year is that a lot of people, especially in the pet space, they go into business because they're passionate about pets. They usually leave another career they've already been in for a long time, and this is something that they know they want to do forever. And they're, when, they, when you talk about the concept of them selling their business, they're like, I never would sell my business. This is what I want to do forever. You know, and it's like, well, I understand that, but things happen. You know, sometimes we have to either our own health changes or a family member's health changes or there are circumstances where we have to make that shift. And you really want to set your business because you've spent so much time developing it and giving all your you know, blood, sweat, and tears to it. You really want to be able to sell it for as much as you possibly can when you want to. Because if you aren't in that position, it's really emotional. It's very frustrating to have to walk away from something when you know you're not getting the value that you think is it's worth. And really, the only time, or like you'll get the most money out of it is when it's easy. It's almost like that, that you know, turnkey, right? That's a phrase a lot of people know. Yes. That another business owner who would want to buy your business wants to know that all these systems are going to still kind of flow, even if they were to step in. You know, customers aren't going to really notice the change, that um, they know how much money they're making the next day that they would own, own the business. And so you're, uh, and if you know your numbers too, there's lots of factors that go into it. And if you're not on track immediately, you know, it's, it's much easier to get into a good rhythm in your own business so that when the time comes that you do have to walk away, even if it's to retire, that you're ready. So good for you. Kudos to you on that one. And also, I think, thank you for making that point, because I think it's a very important point for listeners on it. Mm-hmm. So lots of transition with Dogaholics. So off part of that. And tell me about how you made the transition, where you saw the opportunity to for Pet Boss Nation and really moving into the consulting and coaching side. Yeah, with what was interesting is because I've, you know, have great relationships with a lot of people in the industry and when I would go to trade shows and talk to manufacturers about even what they were dealing with and struggling with or kind of the retailer perspective or as I, you know, once I sold my retail store, I wasn't really a competitor anymore with a lot of other businesses even in the Chicago area. 
And so a lot of them opened up much more about what they were going through and what they were facing. And it really opened up my eyes to the fact that there's just so much need for support. I kept hearing like the same kind of problems, the same feelings of overwhelm. I don't have enough customers. I don't have enough money. I work too many hours. My inventory isn't turning fast enough. You know, I'm having a hard time with foot traffic. I'm not getting the vendor support that I needed. And really what I was hearing too from the manufacturers was that a lot of stores really were truly struggling and just didn't know what to do. Like some of even the basic business principles. So I just felt like there wasn't anything on the market. Sure, there's networking groups in the pet industry and there's associations, but there really isn't anybody that's fine-tuning and focusing in on brick-and-mortar pet businesses. Those businesses are very different than anything else, anything else even in other retail segments. You know, it's like we're not selling fabric and sewing machines. You know, our product is helping dogs and their lives. Like these are real living things that have emotions and their owners have an emotional attachment to it as well. So there's just a, a very different kind of space. And I felt like there wasn't a support out there in the way that I know it's needed and that I feel like I can add value and help people. So that's, that's why I went into one-on-one consulting this summer. And it, with those clients, there's just so much need. You know, I've done a couple trade shows and met a lot of business owners and, you know, everyone can afford different price levels and everyone needs different kinds of support. And I just thought, gosh, how can I help more people, not just the one-on-ones in this consulting. And that's really why I've come up with the Pet Boss Nation concept. And I'm developing and it's, it's launching very soon, the Pet Boss Club. And that will help more businesses at a great price point. Awesome. So can you touch a little on, as a member of your community, I know it is beyond just the consulting aspect. Can you talk a little bit about the communal aspect of it and where you're hoping to go with that? Yeah, at Pet Boss Nation, we have a free Facebook group that is full of anybody who's a pet boss, right? There's manufacturers, retailers, doggy daycares, um, some solopreneurs, dog walkers, and it's a a free place to ask questions and connect. You know, I host it, I lead it, I make sure that the conversation is always around business development and helping all of us grow. Then in the club side of it, you also have that additional community feel, but you get much more access to me and my other experts where we dig deeper and and can answer specific questions about your business. Perfect. So a couple questions before we shift off to break real quick. Who is your typical member of Pet Boss Nation? What's a good profile or profiles of what the businesses look like? You know, it's interesting because a lot of the people in the group really range. You know, they range from um, people who are just starting out or more seasoned businesses. And I think ultimately, we're all looking for new opportunities and more customers. And so it's a great way to network. In the community alone, business is already happening. You know, manufacturers are showcasing product and retailers are making comments and placing orders. You know, sometimes a retailer might have a need for something and another retailer is jumping in and showing support. So it really varies in, in the open community. Now, the club is really for businesses who are, you know, either either just starting out or even in year three or year four who know they're doing a lot of things well, but they haven't been able to systematize their processes and really see the revenue and the profit margins that they were hoping for. And so that's what we tackle in the in the Pet Boss Club. So the Pet Boss Club, does somebody pay you on a retainer basis or is it a subscription model? How does it work yeah. for you? If somebody's interested. The, the Pet Boss, sure, yeah. The Pet Boss Club is a monthly subscription. You can opt in at petbossnation.com at any time and you can cancel at any time. There's an affordable monthly rate that really any pet business can jump in on 
And you can also buy a year in full, which gets you some discounts. Once you're a member, you get access to a, a portal where you can log in. And every month, you're going to get free themed content around the pillars of what you know I uh, have learned even in my own pet business on how to grow it to seven figures and main, keep it there for many years. But we go through different themes every month and you get weekly content and access to other, not only pet industry experts, but other experts in a lot of different areas. Awesome. So with that, Candice, let's take a quick break. Folks, we'll be back with head pet boss, Candice, right after a few messages from our sponsors. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, His skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using DinoBite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with DinoBite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859 428 1000. 859 428 1000. D I N O V I T E.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet All right, we're back with Candace Daniolo, the head pet boss. So, Candace, I know personally you've had you've had a ton of experience. You have, you know, Candace and I have have known each other. We've talked some. I know you got a lot of lessons learned from a lot of different businesses within the pet industry. So I'm asking you a couple of things. One is, do you have any fun stories, either some of the, uh, the worst, the worst of what you dealt with or some of the most inspiring things that you've seen? And secondly, given you have so much experience on this, if you can give a couple nuggets out of the various types of businesses that you've been exposed to over the years that help our listeners take away with something. And then the rest, they, of course, can come to Pet Boss Nation and learn from you. Yeah. So the you know, being in the pet industry for so long and having such a variety of experiences that I probably have enough crazy either horror stories or silly stories to make its own podcast. <laughs> You're right. We can have a whole, a whole series of just these stories. And I think that, well, mainly that's because, you know, you're dealing with live animals and you're also dealing with people, pet parents who these dogs are their children. And you're also dealing with um, employees and teams. So what's interesting is that a lot of my experiences, most of the crazy, crazy things were a lot about team. And of course, there's a handful of customer ones. But, you know, I think when you're a pet care business, the scariest thing that can happen to you is when a dog gets loose. 
right? Yes. And when a dog gets loose and out of your care, and I that has happened to us a couple times, we have obviously made measures and we put measures in place and securities in place so it doesn't happen again. But one of them, it was pretty funny. So my in Chicago, my old store is on one corner of the block, and my doggy daycare is on the other corner. And I was working at my store that day. It was a nice, pretty, you know, a nice warm summer day. And I walk outside to refill the water bowl and the treat bowl for the customers. And I see this truck kind of driving by really quickly. And then a, a young man like driving after the truck. And it just seemed strange to me, or not driving, he was running after the truck. And it just seemed strange to me that he was running so fast and the truck was driving away. And I'm, I'm totally one of those like 911 callers. Like I always get on, I'm like, <laughs> one down in the neighborhood. So I get, a, I call 911 and I said, I don't know what's going on, but there's a gray truck that just went driving north on Southport and this young man's like dri- running after it. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll let our police officers know in the area. So I hang up and then I go back outside to like finish what I was doing. And then I see one of my employees from the daycare running up the street too. And I thought, you know, I think this might have something to do with me. (laughs) So I call my daycare and I was like, what's going on? I just saw Aaron go running down the street and they're like, well, the new guy. So there was the guy, the first guy I saw, it was his very first day working as a dog walker. And he was almost to the daycare because he he was helping transport dogs to daycare and the leash broke. And so, and the dog bolted. So he was the one running after the truck and the truck obviously had nothing to do with the whole scenario. It was a dog somewhere. I did not see that they were all running after. So I called the police back and I said, Hey, you know, I now know what that incident was about. (laughs) So we've got a dog that's running loose. So they ended up like letting the police officers know in the area, a bunch of us, you know, a lot of my employees, you know, in those scenarios, when that happens, you one first call the owner immediately. I, you know, I I cannot stress that enough. It will just come across so much worse if somebody else finds that dog and the owner finds out from another person that they've entrusted, you know, your company to care for that dog. And now you haven't even called them yet to know that the dog's missing versus someone else. So that would be the number one thing I'd recommend. And then at that point, we got as many people as we could out looking for this dog. You know, his cars going, different employees on bikes. And we kept hearing from the police because we'd run into the police and they would kind of tip us in. Oh, yeah, somebody saw him over here. Somebody saw him over there. So we called the owner, of course, and the owner, you know, was used to this. I guess the dog typically gets away and does run around a lot. So ultimately, you know, we ended up, we spent about two to three hours looking for this dog, gave up for the time being, and obviously we're ready to like post some posters up. And then I'm not kidding you, within like 30 minutes, that dog shows up back at the daycare and is like, hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> it was like the craziest thing. So I think he was just toying with you guys. He was. It was like, he was just like, I want to have a nice summer day, run around the city of Chicago. So, I mean, gosh, so fortunately everything worked out okay. But as a business owner and that instant, I mean, my gosh, that was just one of the worst feelings ever. Oh, I can imagine. And I'm so glad that that worked out as it did for you guys. So paint the picture, was it? I'm assuming this must have been a fairly fast dog. What type of dog was it? Yeah, he was like a lab boxer, pit mix, maybe, you know, short black hair, lots of energy, um, probably like 60 pounds. And for anybody who doesn't know, the location Candace is talking about is neighborhood north side of Chicago. Fairly busy, not exactly downtown skyscrapers, but a busy scene for a dog to be out on the loose. So I can imagine, yeah. I can imagine the scene and the chaos with that. So good story on that one. Second part of this is, of the course of what you've done, you had a moment or two that stand out to you as being just really inspiring and energizing for you and what you do. Gosh, yeah, there's you know, there's lots of moments where. For me, it's when the, when customers can, when they, when they come and show you and talk to you about their experiences of interacting with your business. 
And for me, you know, and it's, it might be unfortunate that this is when it happens, but it's almost like when the, when the dog passes, right? Because you are, you just, you end up talking to the owner so much more. They usually write very, very lovely cards and they even come and visit you after their animal has passed away. Like they still come to your business just to walk in and say hi. That to me proves to me that we are doing something right. Like our existence of helping these pet parents make confident decisions about their animal, whether it's through products or services, you know, whether it's helping them through a sick animal or through the puppy phase, you know, you really become part of their family. And for them to still want to stop by and say hello and see how things are going before they even have another dog really helps prove to me, at least, that we were doing a good job. And I couldn't be there all the time. I'm not there. My business is run really on their own. And so that also says to me that my team is just exceptional. So those are my key moments. I feel like that I'm, that I'm doing this. I know that I'm, and I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm in the right industry. <laughs> yeah. One, well, thanks for sharing that. And I completely understand your sentiments on that. So I want to ask you a follow-up question, a little on lessons learned. So I hate to say what, what would you have done differently? Because I think at the end of the day, all of us were where we are based on the collection of our experience. So, so it's hard to say mm-hmm. it would do something different, but you know, have you, have you had a couple takeaways over the years that are like key lessons learned that if you were to advise the the Candace who was just starting out on how she should navigate? Yeah. I mean, I know that I spent many years just jumping in without a plan. I didn't have systems. I didn't think about goals. I just was a go-getter, right? I jumped right in. And because I was that way and because, you know, it was the early, it was pre-recession, you know, and the growth went, happened quickly and it was unfortunate because I couldn't handle it. You know, within three years, I had three stores, I had 25 employees or something, and I was only 28 years old. And I, looking back, if I'd have spent more time either developing my own systems or purchasing something or doing something kind of like what I'm providing now in Pet Boss Nation. I mean, I really wish I would have had that in the beginning, but having those in place, it would have allowed me to have the growth that was happening without kind of spiraling out of control. And when I was out of control, it was because I didn't have strong managers. I didn't have strong people leading all of the locations without me around because I hadn't developed them. You know, and that that leads into the other thing I wish I would have done is that I wish I would have been a better leader to help support my managers so that they could be better leaders. Looking back, that's what I would do. Yeah. So on those two fronts, because we're about out of time, we're going to wrap this up. But I think those are really key things that you you brought up in terms of you yourself as a leader and the, the leaders that you develop and groom in your business. So, you know, when you look at yourself and where you would advise somebody on the type of leadership things you really focus on, given what you know now, and specifically on hiring the right type of people, keeping the right type of people in place. Give us two nuggets of advice on that. Sure. I think to be the leader, you know, you can't do everything yourself. And I think that sometimes when we start these businesses, we always have to do everything, you know, at the beginning. And you feel like, you know, you've developed that system, you develop those processes to the best, so you're the best that you can do, or the best that can do it. And if you can start to delegate those responsibilities out, and then not only delegate and criticize when they don't do them right, but really find the courage to coach people through how they're doing and then what your expectations of it are and maybe different ways to try things that will help them identify areas where they can grow and where they, and then understand like what your expectations are. You know, you can't just 
send a team of people out to do something without proper training. And then you can't ignore the issue until it becomes completely out of whack. So I like to think about your team as just like, even like think back about high school, (laughs) like think about any teams you were on when you were younger and the coaches that you had that you looked up to, you know, really be a coach and have the courage to see what's not working and bring up and have a conversation about it. Don't get mad about it. Like everybody wants to be there and everybody wants to do a good job in life usually. And if they don't want to, then let them go. (laughs) But most, you know, most people want to do a good job. So it's really when you're the leader, it's finding the courage to coach and not dictate. I love that analogy. And thank you for that. The second piece of this is in terms of the type of leadership that you develop and specifically how to make sure you're hanging on to them. You have any advice there? Yeah, you, at least in my experience, most people want to know that they're appreciated and that you're recognizing them for the things that they're accomplishing. So I've even found it just just being so busy sometimes that I'll miss either a work anniversary or I miss doing a review on time. And those are like really important to your team. You know, they want to know that you're monitoring that and that you notice that they're doing a good job um, and that you also reward that or compensate them appropriately. So to keep people with you for a long time, I think you need to pay attention to that for sure. Awesome. Well, with that, Candace, we are out of time. I would like to sincerely thank you for being a returning guest. You're great for everybody. Candace Daniolo, we will wrap this up with giving all our contact information. And I'd also like to thank our producer, Mark Winner, for making the show possible. Candace, you want to run through your contact information one more time for folks so they know where to reach you. Sure. You can find us on social media at Pet Boss Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or online at PetBossNation.com. Perfect. And for anybody who wants to reach out to me, and I would love to hear from you, I can be reached at Dustin at or at PupJoy across social media, and our website is PupJoy.com. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.